Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello! Welcome to the Give and Go podcast on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, the girls' basketball beat writer for Game Time CT, and we are joined by the wonderful Pete Pugaga. Pete, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Scott. I'm good. What a wild, wild week it was. And then yesterday we saw... We now have all eight teams officially going to Mohegan. Yeah, the girls are the first lined up. You know, the boys still have some semis to play. Hockey still got some semis to play. But all the girls' finals are set. Um, some teams we thought would be there. Some surprises. You know, we got five conferences represented. Uh, two FCAC, Norwalk and Trinity. Um, three SEC, Sheehan, Hillhouse, and Hand. Uh, one ECC, New London. One Shoreline, Cromwell. And, of course, from the NCCC, Canton. Uh, SEC almost had five because they had two semifinalists, of course, in double L that lost last night. But it's been a crazy couple weeks going back to the quarters. Um, that Mercy Norwalk game I saw in the quarters was the best game I saw all season. And then going right into the semis last night. It's been really fun, and I cannot wait to get to Mohegan Sun and, and watch these championship games. And I know you'll be there too, so yeah. that makes it even more fun. <laughs> I don't know if we could have handled five SEC teams in the championships. Yeah, there might be a lot of uh, a lot of tweeting. <laughs> Dave Dave Danko, the ward coach, last night was like was like going back and forth about what the best conference was, and he was you know he was really selling the FCAC shocker and saying that you know they've had Trumbull in the final and Greenwich and Stanford in the final and now Norwalk. And I said, look, it's hard to argue with. I said, I think the SEC had more depth this year. I think they were overall a better league, but it's hard to argue when you place a team in the LL final. Because that's really the standard for yep. girls basketball. But of course, shout out to Sheehan and Hillhouse and Hams for making the finals, and Hamden and Wilbur Cross for making the semis in, in Double L. That's, I mean, that's I pretty think, impressive too. I, I still think SEC is the best. Yeah, I think the way that Hand and Sheehan have gotten here is they play such a hard schedule throughout the year, playing Double L teams and L teams, and um, yeah. you know they're prepared when they when Sheehan gets into the tournament and they're facing off against, you know, just looking at who they beat. Uh, to get here, and my internet, so, you know, obviously Prince Tech, Tech School, okay, Sacred Heart, the NVL, yeah. the NVL's not as strong as, say, the CCC, uh, the SCC, right. so now, or even the CCC, so now you're getting a Sacred Heart team that played 20 NVL games against a Sheen team that played 20 SCC games, and then they go against right. Weaver, who's an independent team, and, 
you know, it was just a everything kind of broke the right way for uh, for the Titans. I'm super excited for them that they're there. But when you look and you're like, this is an SEC team going up against teams that have not faced this type of competition all year. It's pretty impressive. And then you look at Hillhouse and they beat Brookfield. They beat an SEC team in Lyman Hall. They beat an SEC team in East Haven. And then they beat number one Notre Dame Fairfield. Do a lot of people like this year? It's uh, it's pretty impressive uh, for 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 them to get here. And then you look at obviously what Hand did. You know, Hand is a team that you know we talked to Anthony Russell on this show, and he yeah. raved about Hand and was like, "Don't let their record fool you. They're awesome. They're good. They're gonna make a run. They're gonna they're gonna get in people's way." And they obviously have. Yeah, I mean, you you have to go look at their schedules and see who they lost to, how they lost those games. Uh, the record's very deceiving because most of the teams they lost to are LWL. All were quarterfinalists uh, in one of those divisions, the teams that they lost to during the season. I will say once the, the M division got to the semis, uh, we saw some really, really good games. And we talked about this with Anthony Russell, too, how the M class and S class, the first couple rounds can be kind of lopsided affairs. And then but, you know, once you get to the semis, uh, Berlin obviously gave Sheehan a great game. My pick, Berlin, didn't make it, but so close. And then the Cromwell-Colby game, we'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, but insane. Um, but this leads me to one thing that I want to talk about before we talk about the games. The girls are going to five divisions next year. Um, the boys do it this year, so the girls are doing it. They want to be equitable. I agree in principle that the girls and boys should have the same amount of <coughs> tournaments, same amount of champions. However, that number should be four or maybe even three. Five divisions is too many in the boys, and it's, it's too many in the girls. While I agree that they should have the equal number, I think, in my opinion, uh, it's going to really dilute the lower-class tournaments even more uh, than the M&S tournaments are diluted right now. I don't think five divisions is a good idea. Um, and I, I don't think it's a good idea for the boys either, but I don't know where you stand on this. I think I know, but what do you <laughs> um, think about the new thing with the girls? I, I, I like it because, like you said, it has to be equitable. Uh, if you're going to do five for the boys, you know you should do five for the girls. That said, I agree with that number. It should not be five. That number, you could argue, could be four. Or if you really wanted to, you can argue it should be three and really bolster those top two divisions. Um you know, divisions for the championships. That said, if the CIAC Girls Basketball Committee puts together divisions like the CIAC Boys Basketball Committee, then we're going to have issues. Um, yeah. I think the boys, I think last year's Boys Division One tournament was awesome. Um, and yeah. I think you saw the best teams going at it. Maybe it's just a down year for boys basketball. But man, you look at some of these divisions and you got Wamogos playing Shelton. If you ever been to Wamogo, yeah. you ever been to a Berkshire League school, you know that they don't, they shouldn't be stepping on any court or any floor with a with a double L school like Shelton. It's just right. look, I, I I get what their theory is and what they put behind it, whether it's size and success model and this, but sooner or later, common sense needs to come into play, and it looks like it really hasn't been. Uh, so I'm, no. I, I don't have high hopes for this to, to, to go out. I don't have high hopes for when they come out with the divisions for girls, for everyone to be like, wow, the CIAC, uh, you know, girls basketball committee really nailed it. Yeah. If they follow the model of the boys, it's going to be a problem. Because right now, the double L tournament is essentially the D1 
tournament yeah in girls i mean you want to talk about notre dame fairfield okay that's a school of choice in l i i would they like one they've never won a state championship it's not like they're dominating the no, i know but i would have liked to see like east haven up in that double l bracket i think with a you sure. know when you, you have you a player east haven hand windsor hill house they could all play up yeah. there certainly I you know Windsor Notre Dame West Haven I would love to see up there this year I think that would make it a better and the double L bracket was awesome but if you're talking about getting the best teams in the state to play against each other you want all those teams right and then you know, I think you know and you're talking about private schools Colby's really the only other one uh, maybe you know, East Catholic once in a while hey, give me uh, together give me a team. Trinity the Catholic the one thing I would hope they do I, I really hope they move. Those teams, Trinity, St. Paul, Northwest Catholic, out of the lowest class. Yeah. Let the lowest class be for small public schools only. Yep. If you do that, I, I, I'm, all, I'm all for it. Um, again, I think five is just going to be too many. Uh, and I just don't see the need for a D1 like there is with the boys. Yeah. And frankly, the thing with the D1 with the boys doesn't work because you have teams in there based on their prior records. So, like, this year, Trinity Catholic wasn't a D1. They're, they weren't on the par with those teams, you know? No. They should have been playing down in two or three, but they, they decide things before the season. There's only 20 teams in D1, so everyone gets buys. I think that kills the tournament a little bit, too, just the mood of it. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, I'm glad the girls are going to have the same thing as the boys. I just think they should both have four well, and, and not five. And then but, they're going to – what's the rumor that this, there were going to be three days at Mohegan now? Well, I think it's, they're going to have to. I mean, because they don't want to play a game Sunday night that starts after 8 p.m. and then having mm. kids get home at 11 midnight on a school night. So they're either going to have to go to that Friday before for a game or – more likely the Monday. Yeah, after. I had heard that extends everything. I had heard Monday, uh, one game Monday night. So right. I think that's we're the, looking. That's... I think if if everything goes the way that it has gone in um, in um, the way that everything has gone at at Mohegan, I think we're going to see the D one <coughs> boys probably Saturday night or Sunday night. Like the last game, and then I think we'll see the girls' D1 game. Actually, hold on. I think we're going to see the boys' D1 game Monday night, the girls' D1 game Sunday night, the boys' D2 game Saturday night. If, if it goes to what they've done in the past. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would make some sense. You know, I think, you know, it would be good if you get one of those big division games on a Saturday. Obviously, if you're going to do a standalone game, it, it almost has to be the D1 boys. Uh, it's the only game that's going to really consistently draw a bigger crowd. Um, mm-hmm. You know, an M or an L or an S school could if the right school is there and they're close by. And But then again, you're asking people on a Monday night to drive to Mohegan Sun and and come watch a game. It's not an easy trip for, for teams, um, you know, that are playing in these tournaments if, if it's a team from, yeah. from this end of the state uh, going out there. So. It's not perfect. It's not, in my knee, in my opinion, needed. But um, it, the girls do deserve the same as the boys. It, it, again, <coughs> just three, four, and, yeah. and keep it on the on two days. The two, the two days of Mohegan, I think, work perfectly. Like that's that's their showcase event, and I don't think you need to stretch that out and, and make it into a third day. But they're gonna have to um, if they're going to have 10 games in, in two days, it's just, yeah. there's no, there's no way around it really. No, there's really not. And I mean, maybe they'll surprise us and knock it all down to, uh, maybe they'll knock it everything down to three divisions each and then play 
three games Saturday, three games Sunday. I mean, it won't yeah, happen, sure. but yeah, it yeah, won't happen. Sure. <laughs> it won't happen. I can dream, though. That that is a dream, and maybe I'll go to the blackjack table, put five dollars down, and then win the hundred thousand. But it's probably not happening. I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I love Mohegan, but those days are so long. Yeah, they're fun long, and they're great, and we love doing them and and doing it. But a a third day is gonna be asking a lot of everyone. Yeah. All the CIAC staff, the staff at Mohegan, all the reporters going. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, I think. I think even if it's the D1 boys game, I think you'd still get a good crowd. I don't think you get the coverage that you do. Because, like, when you're when you're there and you're like, I have to cover the first game and I got a team in, like, the fifth game or the sixth game or whatever it is, you kind of hang around and you kind of cover all the other games while you're there. It's like if, yeah. you're, if you're covering, you know, if you're with, <clears throat> you know, the, the New London Day, and you don't have a team playing in the D1 finals, why are you going to go there Monday, even though Mohegan Sun's right down the block? Right. I, I'm sure other news outlets will do the same thing. Yeah. Like, we don't have a team in this, so we're not going to send a person a third day, pay for them to go to Mohegan Sun, yeah. um, to drive all the way out there, and to cover teams that we don't cover. So, yeah. yeah I, I mean, like we would obviously be there because we do the whole state, but when it comes down to it, when we have... I think we had, what, we have like eight guys, uh, eight, eight, eight people from our company there last year, and it was like, this is really cool. It's like on that Monday, it's yeah. like, oh, who do we really need there? Okay, so we need one photographer, we need one reporter, and we need one video guy. And it's like, okay, well, that's it. Like, why would, if, if I'm going to shoot it, why would Sean be there? If Sean's going to shoot it, why would I be there? Right. You know? Yeah, and, 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 and all the people that want to watch multiple games, too. And yeah. If you're coming to watch your team in the morning, you want to stay through, I mean, you lose a lot of those people yep. uh, that would be there all day. But, look, it is what it is. It's happening. Uh, there's going to be five divisions in the girls next year, so I guess we might as well just get used to it. I just hope that yeah. it's run smoothly and it doesn't take away from these tournaments because all these tournaments, the L and double L especially, have been excellent. Um, the double L has been everything we ever hoped it would be. Yep. Uh, really. So let's talk about that. Um, like I said, that Norwalk Mercy quarter was awesome, but let's get into the semis right now. Uh, Norwalk, New London, I was there last night. Um, uh, great game by Norwalk. They were up early and uh, never really let New London back in, although they missed 13 free throws. Oh, you mean you mean Hamden. Quarter. You mean Hamden. Oh, Hamden. Hamden. Yeah. Sorry, Hamden. Hamden. It's early. It's Norwalk, a weird Norwalk, day. Norwalk, New London is, is Saturday. Sorry, <laughs> Norwalk, Hamden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know Hamden. Uh, Hamden, I, I loved all season. I voted them number one to start the year. Um, it sucks losing a semifinal. And the farther you get in the tournament, the harder it is. But yeah. to have two really good seniors like that, uh, it was the best season in Hamden school history. Uh, they won the SEC championship. But at the end of the day, only two teams can go, uh, and it's New London and Norwalk. Um, I feel, you know, I feel bad for the Hamden kids tonight, Thompson and. Michaela Johnson, what great careers they had. Uh, Michaela Johnson likely broke her finger in this game last night. She dove out of bounds for a ball like 30 seconds into the game and left the game for a while, came back at the very start of the second or very end of the first, their finger taped. Uh, And they said after the game that they thought her finger was probably broken. But I guess she wouldn't leave. They tried to get her to go uh, and, and not come back and play. But she said, you know, tape it up, get me back out there. 
she played really well. She's a she's a fighter. Um, I have to say though, Norwalk is so balanced. They're playing so well right now. Uh, Belinda Hunt, the point guard's been scoring and distributing. You got Ashley Wilson, Jakara Murray Leach, and Nava Ray, uh, all playing phenomenally. And I have to, my favorite player. The, I think she's my favorite player of the year. She's not all state. She's not all FCAC, but Sanaa Boyd plays defense against the best players every every game. And last night she shut down Tania Thompson. Tania Thompson's a legitimate D one yep. basketball player. And Sanaa held her to three field goals, ten points. Just a phenomenal defensive performance. I, I, defense doesn't get noticed a lot. Uh, so we really try to shine a light on kids when they do it. Yep. And Sanaa is phenomenal mm-hmm. defensively. And I just want to shout her out because, again, the headline's always the leading scorer. The lead's always the leading scorer. Maybe you throw someone in there. I made her the player of the game last night because I thought it was so important uh, to, to be able to shut down a kid like that because there's only a handful of D1 kids playing in these tournaments. And yeah. they can really take over games, as we'll see in, the, you know, in some of the later games. Uh, that we're going to talk about, they they can just dominate. And she didn't, and it was because of the defense. So, uh, look, like I said, great season for Hamden. Norwalk's moving on, first final since 2000. Uh, they deserve it. Ricky Fuller deserves it. Um, there hasn't been a team. Oh, I, just, I was just writing my uh, capsules here, so I was doing some deep research. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manchester in 2005 was the last team to run the table and complete an un- unbeaten season with a double L championships that's 14 years ago uh not easy to do and beating new london twice is not going to be easy to do because new london is a really good team uh new london last night rallied to beat wilbur cross 51 47 uh new london had gone seven of 22 from the free throw line but hit four in the final two seconds uh our girl the freshman uh janiah bland fitzpatrick hit two and then Jaden burns who had 12 points she hit two, setting New London back to the final for the second time in three years. Um, Wilbur Cross, awesome season for Wilbur Cross. Uh, you know, we really like them. And for them to get so close to Mohegan Sun, uh, you know, with Kayla Jefferson, April Artis, and all the seniors they had on that team, um, great season for Wilbur Cross. And, again, the SEC came up just short again of, of having two more finalists. But uh, New London, Tanaya Pagan, 17 points. Uh, she's huge in the key. I, I, I'm going to love seeing her match with <coughs> girls from Norwalk. I, I'm really psyched for the new London Norwalk. It feels appropriate. It's one versus two. Um, this is the game that, that we wanted. That, that, that doesn't happen very often either, one versus two. Yeah. We wanted this game um, as basketball fans. We saw them. They played together this year. You went up to New London. Yeah. Um, so this is a game that I think we everybody kind of wanted to see because New London was the preseason number one. Uh, not the preseason number one. Mercy was, and they lost early. Yeah, um, New London took, they took it over early, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Norwalk and New London didn't play this year? Oh, yeah, they did. They did. And no, it was Norwalk a two-point game. 49-47 yeah. up in New London. Um, excellent game. Yeah. There's, not, there's nothing between them, uh, between these two teams. Yeah, New London was, uh, after Mercy, New London was number one. And then Norop became number one. So uh, two of the three number one teams are playing uh, in the final. Um, yeah, tonight Bagan 6-2, so she matches up well uh, with Boyd and Renee inside. Uh, they both have guards. Um, they're both, you know, Norwalk goes a little deeper than, than New London. Um, 
But man, I, I, I think this is going to be so fun. I hope they give us a a good time slot and uh, hope they draw a huge crowd. Norwalk's been bringing good crowds to, so far. Well, I having think they would bring more and, and New, New London, London yeah, shows up. New London's going to show up. That's going to be a packed house, which is going to be um, which is going to be good as well. But again, this is the two best teams. This is one two in double L. This. I think this is one, two in the poll. Like, this is the number one team is the winner of this game is the number one team in the state. Yeah, without question. <clears throat> without question. Yeah. There will be no debate. Yes. No, there won't be. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if Norwalk's undefeated, they get it. And if no one beats the undefeated team, they get it. Um, I, I think in basketball, it's a little more clear cut sometimes than the other sports. But uh, I, I don't know how you can pick someone else uh, to be number one other than one of these two teams. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to L. Uh, Hill House in hand. We've got the SEC matchup. <coughs> third, meeting between the, third meeting between the teams this year. Hill House won both meetings, uh, 59-49 and 56-50. Obviously going to be hard to beat a team three times, uh, especially a, a rival. But um, I saw Hill House in the semis, uh, and Tanija London is legit. She's big-time D1 player. She showed it with 20 points in the semifinals. Uh, they were all over Notre Dame Fairfield early. Never let them back in the game. Uh, Notre Dame Fairfield's really young uh, and had a great team, but I think the, they're going to be awesome the next two years, uh, no matter where they end up. But this is Hill House's year, um, and Tanaja's a, 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 a really special player. Yeah, and she can just dominate the game. She can just really, really dominate the game inside. Uh, hands playing in their second L final in three years. After upsetting Windsor 33-27, you know, Dave Phillips had a great note in his story. Uh, I have about 18 windows open here, (laughs) but let me find them. It's like the the weird part of, like, doing this from remotely. I have, like, two different computers open. I got my chocolate milk and my Pop-Tarts. Like, I am all over the place. Chocolate milk and Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Uh, every one of Hans' losses, this is according to Dave Phillips in his story last night, um, every one of Hans' losses has been to teams that reached at least the quarterfinals in L or double L state tournament, and eight of them came at the hands of teams that are still alive. Um, so that's, you know, like you said this before, Hans played in a really good schedule um, coming out of the SEC. Not a terrible, you know, a huge surprise, uh, but still Windsor was really good, so to beat them, and to hold Windsor to 27 points is crazy. Windsor was averaging like 60-something points a game. Yep. Uh, and the hand coach said after the game, he said, if you told me that we were going to score 33 points, I would have told you we were losing by 20. <laughs> um, but they won the game 33-27. Uh, Sarah Wilgamuth, who's had an awesome season, had 12 points. She's obviously going to be the key for the Tigers in the championship game. Uh, but then other girls like Summer Adams and Anna Beccia, uh, they're going to really need to step up and uh, – you know, and it's going to be the complimentary kids, you know, Keyshawn Moore and Tyree Allen Chappelle uh, for Hill House. You know, it's always going to be those other kids that kind of have to do the little things in these games to earn a championship. Um, I, I'm excited for this one, too. I, I think this is going to be an, an awesome matchup. It's always weird. You don't know what you're going to get when you get conference rivals, whether it's just going to be a total slog because they know each other so well or or whether it's going to be an excellent game. You're yeah. not sure what you get when the when the conference teams show up in a state final. It really, I mean, 
it's <clears throat> you don't know. I mean, they, these are teams that are it's completely different this time than when they played last time, and yeah, uh, okay. you're not you're not the same team, and it's just you know it's the it's the cheesiest line, and I hate using it, but you throw everything out the window. Yeah, you have to. I mean, and, and look, Hill House is you know seniors. This is their time. This is. <clears throat> Their time to win. Um, you know, Hand is a little younger, obviously led you know by a junior in, in Wolgamuth. So they're kind of playing with house money as a 19 seed. Um, you don't know how pressure is going to affect the team. Um, so this is a fascinating, fascinating game for a lot of reasons. I know that it makes the SEC proud to to have two finalists yeah. going against each other. Um, and then let's move on to M, which is another SEC team, uh, Sheehan, and Live Robles. Mm-hmm. You're legit. I mean, <laughs> 36 points. 36 <laughs> points in the state semifinal. Leading your team back to a championship game for the first time since 1976. I was one. I was one in 1976. I was years old. I he, was minus 14. Minus. <laughs> your parents were like in high school. <laughs> my dad. My. Maybe younger. I think I my. Da- I think my dad was 19. <clears throat> So look, Live Robles, amazing. I mean, that's a great game, uh, and a 62-59 win over Berlin. No offense to Sheen, I just had picked Berlin as the eighth seed. I was really hoping they'd pull through. But when you have a special player like Robles, um, they can carry you in these state tournaments. And we talked about this before the tournament. And she's played great in every game. Um, you know, Caitlin Hunt's played really well for them too. You know, they're not a one-girl team, but. When you have that star that can take over, and she's just can be so dominant inside. Um, great run by Sheehan. Great yeah. run by Sheehan. I mean, um, I have to say something about Berlin. Uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Tango had 24 points. My dark horse almost made it. Uh, hmm? I just want to say the names of the Redcoats. I, I don't get their nickname. I, like, uh, is that an homage to the British? I don't. <laughs> they, <laughs> yeah, I brought it up in football a couple times with, with the crown. I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting nickname for sure. I've asked around a bunch, but not many answers. That said, looking at the Sheehan roster, and this is a team that I have covered closely the two previous years of my previous job, seeing mm-hmm. Liv do this, not a surprise. Um, you got, no. you know, uh, Caitlin Hunt. She played a lot last year as a freshman. Uh, Legacy, uh, Hemstock, uh, Madison Larkin, they all do different things that, you know, just contribute to the wins. One night, it, it's obviously it's Liv and the team's offense will go through her. But then you have, you know, Madison Larkin making huge stops on D. You have, uh, you have Caitlin Hunt making, uh, you know, some shots on offense. There's just so many different things that this team can do. This is a team that made a somewhat surprising run last year to the quarterfinals, and they lost in a close game with a chance to go to the semifinals. And you look at this mm-hmm. roster, there's only two juniors on it. There's three seniors right. on it. A lot of those girls who played last year were freshmen and sophomores. Yep. And so they know what it, they knew what it would take. They knew what they had to do to get there, and they were able to power through and do it, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then on the other side of this, Cromwell's had an awesome season oh, yeah. um, out of the Shoreline. Shoreline teams sometimes get overlooked, but look, they played teams from out of the conference this year. 
Uh, they lost their losses are to Norwalk, Newtown, and New London. Those teams sound familiar to you? Yep. <laughs> I mean, they they took on the best of the best. I mean, when you're playing in the shoreline, sometimes you have to do that. They've had an unbelievable run in the shoreline. They've had an unbelievable run through this tournament, and then the way they got into the championship game is uh, is crazy. I mean, for those who haven't seen it, the story's online on Game Time CT, but Colby's up. 47-46 to 24 seconds left. Uh, Colby Kidd attempts a steal, uh, gets called for a foul. Some people said it wasn't a foul. I wasn't there. Can't say. Uh, the girl gets frustrated, spikes the ball. Uh, it goes up in the air, you know, 8 or 10 feet, and the referee behind her calls a technical foul. Uh, Vanessa Stoles Janner for Cromwell goes to the line, makes 3 of 4. They get the ball back. Uh, and then at that point, Colby has to foul, and then they make two more free throws to secure the game. Look, I wasn't there, but this is a terrible way to have a semifinal end. I I don't know how hard she spiked the ball. I know in a normal game you would give a kid a technical for that, but with uh, less than a minute left in a state semifinal, I think sometimes referees have to bury that reaction and maybe just go up to the girl and say hey just calm down you know don't do that you know you don't want to, have to get yourself in trouble in this situation but giving her a technical foul and, and really deciding the game is really rough um you know the co- the quotes from the colby coach afterwards um you know we were similar you know you just you don't want to have to see that decide a game of this magnitude and ruin what was uh, essentially a really great game and this poor kid you know she did it it's her responsibility but she's a kid and emotions are so high in these games you, you, you can't even comprehend and I've seen really good jobs by the referees um, board six from Hartford has done a few of these games that I've seen and they've done a great job you know when a coach gets overexcited or a kid gets overexcited or things get a little heated just to step in and be like calm down don't get yourself in trouble, move on. And things that were, would be technicals during the season with a coach jumping on the court or something like that, they, they kind of just say, hey, coach, you know, like gather yourself for a second and then let's not, you know, you don't ruin this game. But I think that's the way you have to referee in these games. Um, you hate to see a semifinal end that way, but shout out to Cromwell for a great season. The, the, the game's not ultimately not decided in the final minute. It's decided over the, you know, the first 30 minutes of the game, but it just sucks it had to end that way for, for Colby. Yeah, I, <clears throat> obviously not the best and not the way that you uh, want that to go. And they are kids. It, it just, it, you know, I saw a couple things on Twitter about it last night. Um, you know, some people <clears throat> had a lot more uh, to say about it. Sure, um, yeah. You know, there might be this one Twitter account that just, complained about it for like an hour but um you just i, I didn't see that I, I didn't see anything about it till this morning so oh man you missed out but um out, yeah. look there was there are conflicting things uh even if you read the comments on the story someone said yeah. that the ref said the ball hit the ceiling i highly doubt that that's a, that is a hell of a spike <laughs> I, i've spent i've spent my fair share at maloney high school um so there's no way I don't think that ball hit the ceiling, but 
it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, I don't think it is either. But it, it's hard because, again, we weren't there. But even – you don't want the game to be called on that. But if it was blatant and the ref felt like they yeah, couldn't I mean, I eat the whistle, so what do you – How? Yeah. so now you're doing a disservice to Cromwell? Like right. that's, you know, where it, I mean it kind of sits there and it goes – Okay, we don't want to call it on them because we don't want the game to be decided that way. But if this is clearly a foul and Cromwell should be rewarded for it. Well, I'm not questioning the foul call. No, I'm I'm saying the technical. The girl dives in and there's a foul. That, I can never argue that, even if I'm in the gym. But it's the it's the judgment of the technical that you kind of call into question. And again, we weren't there. We didn't see how high she spiked the ball. Um, but even it's but not even I sometimes would, it's not even the it's not even how high it goes. Like there are some times that I and I've seen at basketball games where a kid will slam the ball really really hard, but they got big hands, so the ball doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't even like leave yeah. their angle, but they slam it, and the ref will like look at them, and you're like, yeah, you right. can't do that. Or even in hockey, like you slam your stick against the boards, or you slam your stick on the ice. It doesn't matter whether or not the stick breaks or not. It's still... Right, it's the act. It's, yeah, it's the it's, act. And I know refs don't want to be shown up, and if she legitimately lost control, I, you would just hope the ref would say, hey, hey, you know, not now. Yeah. You know, like... Oh, and again... And, and look, the refs are caught up in, in the high intensity of the game, too. So yeah. it's not an easy thing. And, I, and I'm sure the ref isn't thinking, to himself, I'm going to try to decide the game here by doing this. Yeah. He's just reacting also to the, you know, he sees the ball job. go up in the air and he reacts or she reacts. I don't, I don't know if it was a male or female official. But, yeah. Well, we even um, saw it in, um, there was the boys game last week, uh, Wilton, New Britain. Yeah. And they had a chance to go to the line to tie it and they didn't. So the ball don't lie, right? What did Rashid Wallace used to say? Yeah, ball don't lie. <laughs> um, I don't know if that applies here, but it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, again, terrible way for Colby to go out, but uh, great game by Stolz Janner, 22 points. Um, Cromwell's had an amazing season, and uh, again, another final that should be excellent. Yep. Um, again, we don't want to take anything away from Cromwell and the season they've had and everything they've done because it's been phenomenal, but we had to address the the elephant in the room, as yeah. it were, with the, with the call. All right, let's move on to Class S. Um, Again, I like I love all four of these championship games. Uh, number seven Trinity Catholic, number one Canton. Uh, Canton lost the buzzer to Trinity in last year's first round. Uh, Canton beat Northwest Catholic forty-seven thirty-two in the semis. Totally dominated the game. Uh, Abby Charon had thirteen points, eight assists. Sarah Bowman had eight rebounds. Uh, Allison Selmar had twelve points. Canton's the favorite in this game from everyone I've talked to. That they're legitimate team uh you know they, they play in a small conference but they're really really good they have really really good players um they're primed to win this they're fired up from getting knocked out by trinity last year there's yeah. quotes in the in the hartford current story that i read this morning mm-hmm. saying like bring on trinity we're so excited to play trinity um and uh, you know that's great you know don't shy away from it in, in my opinion uh and trinity's here you know two seasons after having one win Trinity's in the Class S final, uh, beat St. Paul 56-45. Um, St. Paul had won 19 in a row, but just couldn't beat those FCAC teams. They lost to Ward, Budlow, and Trinity this season, their only losses. Um, Ayanna Lopes, 22 points. In my opinion, the best player in the FCAC this year. 
she's so athletic and so good inside. Um, Caitlin Scott had 23 points. She's the key to this Trinity team. If she plays well, they have a chance against Canton. Uh, she's the point guard. Uh, and then the, the story, of course, you know, non-player story is that Mike Walsh, uh, two years after winning the Class S boys title, is in the Class S girls final. Hmm. Um, you know, weird circumstances <laughs> that got him there, but but he's there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was, it's pretty awesome. This, if if the CIAC does what they've done in recent years, this will probably be like the first game on Saturday. Yeah, and Walsh is actually getting an award from the CIAC at 8.30 in the morning at that pre... Oh, there you go. <laughs> that, that service thing before. <laughs> so he could go right from his award yeah. ceremony to the game. Well, I'll tell you this. Yeah, this, is a, this is a great game to open up with. Oh, uh, awesome. Fantastic. Like, you know, the, the S-Girls had um, I, I traditionally opened the, the tournament at 10. Right. I hope they do. I hope they don't make them come back Sunday where he's got to come back two days in a row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 that game's usually the 10 a.m. Saturday game. I hope yeah. they keep it that way. And then Mike can get from his uh, award that they're giving him for his long career in boys basketball, with, from which he retired <laughs> and then was called back into duty this year and now is the girls' coach. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, all right, let's go through the games. You want to make some picks? Oh, yeah. Picks? I definitely want to make picks. All right. Uh, class S, um, I picked Trinity before the tournament. Um, I think Canton's really good. I think Canton can win this game. I think, like I said, Canton is probably going to be, would be considered a favorite if there was that sort of thing. Um, but I'm going to stick with my pick and, and stick with Trinity Catholic. What do you think about S? I'm going to go Canton. I'm going to, I'm going to read yeah. into what everybody says about how good they are. Uh, not a knock on Trinity Catholic, though. It would be really cool to see Mike Walsh win uh, a state championship on the girls' side after his his you know legendary uh, career on the boys' side, and I think it would be really cool. That said, they've been the best team in S all year, Canton, um, and yeah. you know they've beaten some pretty good teams to get here. So I'm I'm going to go with Canton. I'm just going to pick against you. I love it. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, all right, M Sheehan and Cromwell. Um, what do you think about that game? I'm picking Sheehan. Right. Easily, I am on the Sheehan wagon. Liz Robles, um, I'm riding, I'm riding Robles and and the Titans, class and title. All right, uh, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to go Cromwell. I think Cromwell. Um, while I do love Sheehan, uh, I think that Cromwell is just playing really well. I really like Stoles Janner. I think she's an excellent player, um, and I think they're ready to bring a championship, another championship, back to the. To the Shoreline Conference. Uh, all right, Class L. Uh, let's see if we can disagree on all of them. Uh, I'm going Hill House in Class L. Perfect. Uh, I just love Tanijah London. Um, I think Hand is is excellent and had a great run, but I just think uh, when you have a special player like London and a bunch of seniors like Hill House has, uh, that they're going to finish the job up there. Oh, uh, good. I I'm, I'm going to go with Hand. Um, I think this is a team. <laughs> I think that this is a team that has been battle tested all year. Um, yeah. I think that they, I think they are playing with nothing to lose, and that is dangerous. Yep, and it is. and they played twice this year, and they lost twice yep. to Hill House. And it is very hard to beat a team three times. Very hard. That that I agree with. All right, for three for three. This is awesome. So my my before the tournament started, I picked Norwalk. I got to stick with Norwalk. I think they're going to finish off the undefeated season. 
Um, Norwalk. I'm taking Norwalk and Double L. Who, who you got? I would love for Norwalk to win. I had the pleasure of coaching Coach Fuller back in the day, not the day, like couple of, like five years ago, but um, <laughs> really, you, that's back in the re- day. yeah, for me, that's like maybe a fifth of my life, sixth of my life. Um, but I, I, you know, I like Norwalk. I'm happy for them. They're undefeated. They're in the finals. It's really, really, really hard to go undefeated. Um, it yeah. is not easy. And Norwalk has beaten some insane teams to get here in terms of Mercy, Hamden. I mean, basically, we should probably just give Norwalk the SEC crown. That said, (laughs) I picked New London at the beginning of the season. You did. I am going to stick with New London. All right. This is awesome. So we got all four different. All four different. uh, Oh, I like this. <laughs> we, there's gonna be something something at stake here. Someone's <laughs> gotta uh, someone's gotta spring for something at Mohegan. Ooh, <laughs> sounds good to me. We gotta yeah, figure that out. Pizza up there. Uh, you know, fine. Let's do it. Let's do it for Peppy's Pizza. Peppy's Pizza. There you go. And if you sweep all four, you get Peppy's Pizza and Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh man, let's not get too crazy. We'll just, uh, just murder the winner. <laughs> the food. <laughs> I won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, listen, Pete and I are both going to be up at Mohegan. We're really looking forward to this weekend for both the boys and the girls' games. Uh, and if you are up there, come by and say hello to us. We love to say hello and talk hoops or whatever, uh, yeah. or pizza and donuts, if you want to talk about that. I but, like that. Uh, but listen, this we have one more give and go that we'll do next week, um, and we will see you then. For Pete, I'm Scott. See you next week. Later.